Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. It's a pleasure to be gracing the airwaves with you once again, but um, we're here on Purple Mafia to talk about the Vikings and the NFL and such, but not pleasant to be... uh, not pleasant to be talking about yet another loss. Uh, we do this again, but this time, a loss at home to the Detroit Lions. <laughs> Extremely frustrating. Uh, something that we certainly did not sign up for, uh, without a doubt. Uh, I cannot remember a successful season in which the Vikings lost at home to the Detroit Lions. It was often a very, very disappointing season <laughs> in that case. I mean, the Vikings almost never got beat by the Lions at home um, back in '97. Vikings had an unbelievable record, 8-2 and two record. They ended up finishing the season 9-7. and seven. Luckily, they actually advanced out of the first round, but it took a lot of miracles and a not very good New York team at the time uh, for the Vikings to do that. Uh, you start 8-2, and two, you don't expect to finish 9-7. and seven. So you have Detroit in that one. You have the Vikings losing at home to Detroit uh, many years later against the, uh, in the, the, the other bank, TCF Bank couple years ago in Mike Zimmer's first season. Great defensive line, but Detroit. Very good season by the Lions. So, I don't know. I mean, it, it is what it is. Uh, the Vikings certainly didn't make the playoffs that year. They lost a lot of close games, and that was one of them. This was a close game which the Vikings lost, and it was a very irritating game to watch. Uh, third game in a row where you just... I don't know. I mean, it's not like you thought the whole time the Vikings were going to lose, but... I, I mean, you just sat there not knowing what to think. You know, you, you didn't get this vibe like, oh, we'll be okay. You got this vibe like, okay, how are we going to blow this? That's pretty much what it looked like, especially third down efficiency against one of the worst defenses in the NFL. It's crazy to think that a defense can get so bad in two years, yet look, again, look so good against the Vikings. Once again, Vikings 6 of 14 on third down efficiency. Again, the worst team in the NFL defensively in third down efficiency, and the Vikings can't even get 50% of them. Um... Matthew Stafford, to be fair, has improved dramatically since Megatron has left. Why that is? I don't know. Other than, I guess, it's it's his offense to run now. It's not like, yeah, the pressure, you got to get it to Megatron. You got to keep him happy, this and that, whatever it is. Um, like, how can you, or basically, how can you not be the best offense in the NFL when you're a number one ta- pick talent like uh, like Matthew Stafford and then Megatron, stuff like that. But whatever it is, uh, the Detroit offense looked efficient today. Uh, annoyingly efficient. Um, the Vikings offense looked much more efficient, to be fair. Sam Bradford much more accurate. But it's just there's still something missing. Like whatever the magic was in the past. I mean, it was never spectacular, but there there was a little bit of magic to Sam Bradford and Stefan Diggs and others. And it's not there right now. Um, luckily, Bradford did not throw interceptions. He was not erratic, and he was extremely accurate. Uh, 77.5%, 31 of 40. That's pretty damn good, to be quite fair. Uh, only one touchdown, and it was fairly late, but it had the Vikings ahead. Or actually, it should have. Actually, it didn't. But it did, but it didn't. <laughs> I'm all over the place. <laughs> that was the one that, uh, yeah, the Vikings should have... Uh, yeah, tied the game, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, 103.4 quarterback rating for Sam Bradford. Um, theoretic valuable for the Lions, like we kind of had a feeling he would be. <sighs> and of course, the talker was theoretic, a better kind of pass catching running back than he is a running running back. Yet, of course, he had a defensive breakdown in which theoretic was able to accomplish a 42 yard long on the day, 70 yards from the ground, five yards a carry on average. Good for him, I guess. Woohoo. Um, Riddick much more dangerous in that case. The Vikings certainly shut him down 
in the passing game, stopped two passes. He's only able to get one for six yards. So good. The linebacker's good in that sense. But the rest of the game, um, the secondary, the discipline, the question of that, really coming into the season, you saw mistakes by Trey Waynes early in the season. Now you're seeing it by just about everybody. Um, mistakes defensively, penalties, it's, it's a freaking mess. And it's extremely frustrating to see happen. Um, it's like, where do we even go from this? Uh, one positive, other than, I guess, well, Sam Bradford is fairly sharp again, and that's good. And the offensive line played better. Again, not saying much considering how awful they were for, for the past three or four games coming into this one. Um, they were awful in the Houston game, but the Vikings offense was that good and the Vikings defense was that much better <laughs> than anything else on the planet at the time. Um, so that's good. Uh, Ronnie Hillman, efficient. Um, I liked what I saw from Ronnie Hillman and you saw a nice uh, catch and go along the way. 32-yard play <laughs> from scrimmage on that one. That was awesome. A very nice play designed and Hillman able to catch a, uh, well, Bradford with a nice lead pass to Hillman to catch a mistake by Detroit there. They were out of position and take advantage of it. 32 yards down the field and Hillman only seven rushes, but did amass 30 yards total, 4.3 a carry. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, not sharp at all. Uh, he rushed seven times and only got 1.1 yards. Pretty much. I mean, is that about, uh, that about sums it up, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, absolutely nothing. Um... Should I continue with the Vikings offense or the defense or just just Detroit? Whatever it is. Um, let's go with the offense for the time being. Yeah, let's go with the offense for the time being. Um, remember when Matt Asiata was a short yardage threat? Remember how valuable he was in third and one? And, oh boy, with fourth and one, we can get it. We got Matt Asiata. But what happens basically every single time? And it, and it reared its ugly head multiple times again today. I mean, how many times this season? Have the Vikings gotten into the red zone on the at home, on the road, whatever, especially on the road, but especially during this losing streak? And have they gone, have they had a turnover on downs? I mean, it's multiple times. It's always to Matt Asiata, and you always see the other team running down the field with their hands in the air. Ah, it's just so irritating, so frustrating to watch, and I'm sick of talking about it. I'm sick of watching it. I have a headache right now, and I'm not kidding. I have a headache right now um, from the game. I have a headache from thinking about it. I have a headache talking about it. I don't want to talk about it. Do you want to talk about it? I have a headache listening to it on Fanline or, or whatever the heck these, these shows are. Fanline, Wineline, whatever it is. Uh, I prefer the 1500 one because I don't like Corey Cove at all. Uh, Phil Mackey I don't like either, but he's not quite as douchey as Corey Cove. Again, not saying much. It's kind of like the Vikings offensive lines didn't suck as bad as last week. That's about it. Um, Jake Long has improved, and he's one of the better players on the offensive line now. So that's good. And you've kind of figured, as long as he's not injured and he's not completely lost his game, that he's going to kind of catch up to speed. It's just the coaching decisions with this team. The past couple weeks here are kind of weird. Um, Like, remember when... (laughs) Turner and others. It was mostly Turner because he was given the go, and we're going to talk about that in a second, too, um, as we move on. We're going to attempt to talk about that because, of course, Pat Shermer was the offensive coordinator now, uh, but putting Long Long in, Jake Long in, in the red zone for the first his first attempts of the season, just, oh, let's put Jake Long in there, and you saw what happened. Coaching decisions that make you go, like, what the hell's going on? I mean, that's just weird. What are you doing? Well, since then, he's improved, and you, you kind of had a feeling he'd catch up to speed, so that's good. But again, he's still not spectacular. Uh, the offensive line protection was not that good, no. But it was it was not the reason we lost the game. 
It didn't help all the time, but it was not the reason we lost the game. Uh, the short yardage run blocking still sucks, and Matt Asiata still can't seem to make the plays he needs to make, even though he looked okay on occasion, particularly early on. But as you get further into the game, it seems like people catch up to him more and more and more, and that's what happened again. <clears throat> Shocker of the decade. Uh, Jarek McKinnon again, I mean, whatever. Whatever. I mean, I guess Ronnie Hillman's the starter for now until Adrian Peterson comes back. Now, I, I don't know if he's a starter, but he might be the most most he might be the most reliable running back on the roster. Heck, he's had an eight hundred yard season. And look at me turning on Jarek McKinnon already. <laughs> as much as I've liked him and I've supported him. Um well, he hasn't looked good of late. Uh, hopefully he'll come back to speed next week. We'll see. Um I don't even want to I don't even want to get into next week right now. And at the same time, I don't even want to talk about this week. I mean my confidence in this team is almost completely gone. Because what's been the backbone of this team the past three years since Mike Zimmer's taken over? And what did you see the past two weeks? You saw Jay Cutler carve them up. You saw the Vikings look like warm butter. Okay, it wasn't that bad, but it wasn't that good either. It's just that when you need to make the stop, we're not making the stop. And then, and then, and then, in the past, the Vikings would make a big play finally, and then something would happen. They'd either get in the end zone themselves, the defensive side anyway, or the offense would respond and do something. But in this case, it was like, okay, there it is. Chad Greenway gets the interception. Now, he doesn't go all the way, but he makes a big play. It was, a, of course, a mistake going on there. But, hey, I mean, you, you take advantage of it. Chad Greenway getting the interception. Um, it was a nice pressure by Daniel Hunter. So nice to see him again making the big plays. Daniel Hunter and then Chad Greenway being the recipient of the interception. Great. Awesome. Now the Vikings are in the red zone. And what do we do? Nothing. We do nothing. We end up, <laughs> we end up getting sacked a couple times and end up punting. Punting the ball. Really? It's stuff like that is why you lose the frickin' football game. And that's all there is to say about it. I mean, you know? I mean, it is what it is, right? I mean, don't you just hate saying that? Don't you just hate when people say it is what it is? But it is what it is, right? I mean, <laughs> it is what it is, right? <laughs> yeah, that was uh, complete bullcrap, wasn't it? And that wasn't the only time again, like I said later on. And very impressive drive by the Vikings. You get into the red zone. You get up to the 5 Freaking yard line, and you'd have a turnover on downs. Disgusting. Um, I'm glad we didn't turn the ball over. That's wonderful. So good on us for not being sloppy and turning the ball over. Not one fumble and not one uh, interception. That's awesome. But you still got to execute. You still got to go forward. You get to the red zone. You have an impressive drive, and you finish it off with that. Um, All of a sudden, the offensive line takes a couple plays off. A la Randy Boss, right? <laughs> yeah, they played when they wanted to play in that say, case. And you saw Bradford go down basically two times in a row, and you couldn't believe what you're seeing. Horrible. You saw McKinnon do nothing. And then you come back on the play calls as well. Like, why are we doing short yardage plays on third and seven, third and nine? Why are we constantly doing the same stuff over and over and over again? I don't know. I mean, it's like, I guess maybe Norv Turner's still the offensive coordinator. Okay, maybe it's not that bad. <laughs> I thought the play calling improved, but you still saw a lot of the same junk. It's just, but but with a little bit of a, a little bit of a, like a cherry on top with whipped cream, or maybe a little really tasty salt added to the turkey. I don't know, but um, it's still a work in progress, uh, but improved slightly. That's about all there's to say with that. Uh, defensively, you're, again, you're not. They're not making the stops they need to, and when it appears you've got the Detroit Lions stopped, what happens? 
yellow flag pass interference, and it happened multiple times, especially late in the game, when for sure the Vikings had the Detroit Lions stopped in that overtime, and then you saw the yellow flag fly, and, and you couldn't believe what you're seeing. I mean, you're almost in tears. Almost in tears. You just can't believe it. <sighs> pass interference on... Uh, Xavier Rhodes, I mean, the, it, it was unbelievable, and then things got worse, snowballed from there, and then passes started getting completed on Xavier Rhodes and Trey Waynes that weren't getting completed earlier, and Detroit ended up getting the touchdown to win the game. But again, the fact of the matter is the Vikings should never have gone to overtime if not for Blair Walsh. Yeah, the same guy, the same name, the same frustration, the same thing once again. After the impressive driver, the Vikings finally did get in the end zone. Thank you very much. (laughs) And what should have been a game-tying drive, a beautiful pass to Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph's first catch of the game, and he's back in the end zone for his fourth touchdown reception of the year. The the nookie blankie for Sam Bradford. And then you have Blair Walsh kick the ball off the uprights. Again, if you can't have a kicker, if you can't count on your kicker to at least make an extra point, if not a field goal for crying aloud, but if you're afraid he's going to miss the extra point, what the hell do you have going on here? What What's the point? I mean, what's the point of keeping the guy? And then you have a field goal attempt, which, you know, it's not the easiest thing in the world in the mid-40s. Some say 44, some say 46. Let's just go with 45 for the hell of it. Just just for fun, right? Just to be right in the middle. And if you watch the video, you watch the replay, he was never going to make the kick anyway. It was blocked into kingdom come, and it was nearly a touchdown type of play if not for, you know, Walsh actually slowed the guy down a little bit by standing in the way. He didn't make a move on the guy. Thankfully, some uh, other players along the way came to make some stops. Thank God, or to, to knock, the, knock the returner out. Thank God for that. But um, it would have been a miss. I mean, it's just another miss. A kick that probably should have been made. Vikings win the game if that kick was made. Um, you add it together. As you head, When you headed into overtime... Or the play that put the Vikings ahead, the touchdown, which almost was a fumble, by the way, knocked out by a Red Ellison. Thank God he was in the end zone. See, it, it gave the Vikings a three-point lead. So there you go. Um, gave the Vikings a three-point lead, so then you add a possible field goal indoors, by the way. You know, you don't have to worry about wind in your face and all those excuses. Just make a 45-yard field goal because you're supposed to be pretty good at that if you're in the NFL. You're supposed to be decent at it. Make a freaking extra point, which whatever, uh, and that's a seven-point ball game. So then you don't have to worry about something happening after the score. But wait, there was one other cardinal sin in this game that took place was the fact that the Lions should never even have had the ball back, or at least not with the 27 seconds that they had. Now, how a defense can give up what they did in 27 yards is beyond me, but maybe you shouldn't even give them a chance to accomplish what they did. I mean, the possibility, they had to squeeze through like the, like the eye of a needle, basically, to get there. But maybe you should close that eye of the needle just in case. Just in freaking case. But Mike Zimmer called a timeout during, that, during the red zone attempts by the Vikings, which you could have had the clock tick down to maybe three seconds, something like that, and the Lions wouldn't have been able to make a play. They would have had to, they would have had to heave up a... a, a Hail Mary that might have landed on the 20-yard line on the other side if they're lucky. That's what would have happened. Um, it, it would have been game over. I mean, that's all that would have happened. But no, you call a timeout. I, I don't get it. Mike Zimmer is a good coach, but I don't get it. I can't believe he did that. And I don't think a lot of other people would disagree with me on that one. Very bizarre. Uh, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> 
I was shocked. I, why are we giving this? Why are we giving them any time? I mean, normally you let the clock just run because you can just hike the ball again. It's not that complicated. You know, Sam Bradford and my, and Pat Shermer have been known to be able to get the ball out very quickly with that with the type of offense Pat Shermer ran in Philadelphia, and the type of offense Sam Bradford quarterback in Philadelphia. It's not hard for him. It's possible. 27 seconds is, is eternity. Just, you know, and if it's an incomplete pass, the clock stops. Well, gosh darn it. The clock stops if it's an incomplete pass. And if it's completed, so be it. But let the clock run during those plays when the ball is, uh, when the ball was in the middle of the field. Let the clock run a little bit. It would have been fine. Giving Detroit that opportunity made me sick. But again, the mistakes by, the mistakes when you had a play stopped, you had a play finished along the way. Makes me sick. Uh, of course, um, Alexander, my good friend that I really like, but unfortunately wasn't his best game today. McKenzie Alexander, my favorite draft pick over there from uh, Clemson. He made a mistake as well. Uh, he held on a, he held in the red zone right before halftime and helped the Lions get the lead in the first place, get, get in the end zone. That was extremely frustrating. That was on Anquin Bolden, who ended up getting a touchdown later on. Actually, the hold was on Tate, and then and then Bolden got in the end zone. My my bad. Um, but it was a terrible play. Uh, it was unnecessary. Okay, so be it. Maybe you knock the ball away. Maybe he scores a touchdown. You hope he doesn't. But to hold, and then, I mean, the throw probably wouldn't have been caught. The odds are it wouldn't have been. But instead, to give them a chance to start over on downs, I, I just blew it. And uh, that was heartbreaking. Multiple penalties by the Vikings secondary today. Um, uh, this has got to be at the heart of Mike Zimmer today. Uh, this had to be a dagger to the heart. Of course, the mistake, the mistake with the timeout, and and what what is Mike Zimmer known for is a great secondary. Of course, the defense in general, linebackers and defensive line and such, valuable aspects along the way. And of course, they've been spectacular most of the season, and Mike Zimmer gets a lot of credit for it and such players being where they need to be executing. And of course, Spielman and Zimmer working together on the draft to get these players. Eric Kendrick, of course, Kendricks was out today. Uh, Adi Cole filling in in that sense. Uh, Greenway moving over and Cole filling in at the middle linebacker spot, that type of thing. Greenway had a wonderful game, multiple tackles for loss, and of course the interception. Really liked what Greenway brought for the most part in today's game. He wasn't perfect and nobody is. Um, but the secondary, uh, that's what Mike Zimmer's known for. As I've been dancing around like crazy here to drive you drive you nuts. Um, but I'm going nuts too. I mean, I'm going in all different directions right now because there's so many things to talk about. And I don't even want to talk about them because I'm pissed off. And I'm sure you are too. Uh, the secondary. The secondary was awful. Um, they didn't make the plays they needed to make. And they, and they were penalized when it looked like there was a stop. Guess what? Red flag. Oh, goody. Somebody was held. Somebody was passed, interfered with. It was a load of crap. And it did seem, it did seem that the refs were a little bit tighter on us than they were on the Lions because Stefan Diggs was basically shoved into the ground on a play that wasn't called. That could have been a, you know, that ended up being a punt after that. That was extremely frustrating early on. That was a momentum killer that didn't help us at all. That was the, actually the only time that uh, Stefan Diggs' uh, play wasn't completed to him along the way, which is kind of crazy. Um, boy, Whew. it's just you can go in all different places, but to see the secondary kind of fall apart today a little bit, a little bit, not that bad, but a little bit, enough to help the Lions win the game, it was really, really frustrating. Uh, Stefan Diggs, 
well, he caught 13 passes today. That's incredible, but nothing great. Only 12 yards. It's like he's turning into um, like a Percy Harvin without breaking loose, that type of thing in that sense. Lots of short yardage. Adam Thielen is a, he's a stud. That guy, that guy has the quickest hands, and he makes the catch in just in such crazy positions. How, how can you not love Adam Thielen? That guy, he's not a star, but he is so valuable, and he is a ten. He's going to be a ten plus year uh, NFL wide receiver, as far as I'm concerned. He he deserves to be absolutely. Uh, Cordero Patterson, I think, could be a, a, one of the better ones as well. He had a very significant drop in the end zone today, which pissed me off. But luckily, the Vikings were able to capitalize right after that to Kyle Rudolph. Thank God for that, but Cordero's got to bring that in, um, but again, at least Cordero Patterson looking like a number two receiver, number three receiver, pardon me, for the Vikings in the future, the number two receiver is Adam Thielen, the number one receiver is Stefan Diggs, Charles Johnson can stuff it, as they say in Australia, he can stuff it, he doesn't do anything, the hell with him, sure he'll draw a penalty once in a while, but other than that, the hell with Charles Johnson, uh, it was nice to see Laquan, Laquan Treadwell finally thrown to and completed on a pretty significant uh, first down, it was a it was a 15 yard completion on a third and nine, and I think that's what Laquan Treadwell will bring in the future with his size, and he does have a little bit of speed on occasion. He's not the fastest guy ever, but he can he can he, he has a little bit of that uh, he has a little bit of that Anquan Bolden where he can make those those powerful catches, you know, those power plays on third down. I think that's what Laquan Treadwell will be when he develops in this league. I'm not going to call him a bust. It just sucks that the Vikings don't have an offensive lineman instead. That would be nice. Uh, when you have Adam Thielen and apparently Cordero Patterson is looking like an NFL receiver at long last. And of course you have Stefan Diggs along the way. You're kind of screwing around with Threadwell when you could have had uh, somebody else on the offensive line like a Cody White here. Maybe I might repeat that every week and, until that gets through their head over there at Winter Park. <laughs> I'm sure they're listening too, but eh, you know, just in case they are. That would be nice if they were. <laughs> oh man Mm-mm-mm. yeah so many different directions um, it was nice to see the offense improve a bit um, you didn't see anything deep from the Vikings the entire game other than well of course no there really was nothing deep um, other than the play to Adam Thielen that was a great play by by him it, like, uh, unfortunately he was falling down on the play but he was able to bring the ball in that's good um that's it, though. Uh, there was no like spectacular play along the way. Uh, the Hillman one was a really, really, really well-designed play, and it was a real-timed play. Uh, good vision by by Sam Bradford, seeing where Detroit wasn't, and led Hillman in that direction. That's very awesome, and Hillman capitalized. So there was that, but breakdowns defensively that were borderline shocking and incapable of getting short yardage. In, in the red zone. It just drives me absolutely nuts. I mean, we're about like one for like a hundred in the red zone right now on short yardage plays. Yes, we completed the fourth down in the red zone. Finally, we completed one of them to get in the end zone, which almost ended up winning the game. It should have probably won the game, but yeah. Um, but geez, I mean, that was like once. I mean, that was once. It's, it happened like 15 times the last three weeks, three, four weeks. Uh, fourth down plays in the red zone that we ended up basically just giving the ball back to the Lions. And, of course, a lot of that, again, comes back to Blair Walsh because you have no faith in this son of a bitch to make the field goal. You get sick of getting in the red zone and getting zero because the asshole will miss the kick. Pardon my French. My double French with both times there. See, it, it, it all comes back to a million things. You can't get forward because the offensive line sucks and Matt Asiata doesn't have a lot of special skills. 
and you don't have the faith to just, okay, we're going to kick here because the asshole will miss the kick most of the time. You just, you, you don't have faith in the guy. He shouldn't have to be 50-50 from field goal range. It, it shouldn't have to be that way, but it is. It is what it is, ladies and gentlemen. So now let's wrap up the segment. Pardon me before I, <laughs> before I dry my throat up and cough to death. <laughs> Good thing for the cough button there, right? Whew, I'm like choking to death. So there it is. Uh, Fran Tarkington Award. It's going to go to Chad Greenway. Uh, capitalized multiple times. Tackles per loss. Got the interception. It's not his fault the Vikings offense couldn't do jack swat. It's not his fault. And it's not his fault that the Vikings offensive coordinators and coaches have no faith in Blair Walsh. Zero faith in Blair Walsh. And they have every right to be that way. That means cut the guy. Please, just just cut him. Wouldn't Matt Frater look nice in a Vikings uniform, by the way? That son of a biscuit with his 58 and 52 yarders. That looked like that looked like he was in his sleep. You know, kind of the way Blair Walsh looked when he was a rookie. Just to kick it in his sleep, blindfolded, just right down the middle. No doubt about it. The second the ball comes off the foot, it's in. It's in, and it doesn't matter how far away it was. That sucker's in. Matt Prater would have made a 65-yarder, maybe even a 68-yarder on that kick because it was dead perfect, and it was way, way far enough. Oh, man, wouldn't he look good in purple? I mean, that was the difference. I hate to say it, but in a lot of ways, that really was the difference. They had faith in the guy, and he got the job done, unlike somebody on the other sideline. Somebody on the other sideline. Mm. <sighs> who do you think the, uh, who do you think the, <laughs> who do you think the Christian Ponder Memorial is? Well, it's the Christian Ponder of kickers, ladies and gentlemen, because his mistakes are easily correctable. The same way Christian Ponder's mistakes are easily correctable. He ain't correcting them, so correct him. Correct him, as they would say in The Shining. Maybe don't kill him or anything like they did in The Shining, but uh, correct him, please. Make the correction. I want to hear it tomorrow. I demand, as a Viking fan, as a, as a host of Purple Mafia, that Blair Walsh is no longer on the roster for the Minnesota Vikings at the end of this game. I, I, I mean, by, by next week. He has got to go. There has got to be a way. There has got to be a replacement out there for Blair Walsh. There has to be. And I'm not sitting here scouring the waiver wire and such. I apologize for that. But I mean, I'll, I, they, but that's their job. They have to figure something out. There has to be somebody out there that can fit. So there it is. Thank you for that. Thank you for listening. Apologize if this was a little bit crazy, a little bit wild. I'm kind of disoriented right now. And I know I have not been drinking. So please don't. Please don't even consider that. Um, I'm just, don't even know where to go anymore. I, I'm basically about where Mike Zimmer probably is at this stage. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Norv Turner in segment number three. Um, that's really where it is. The fan interactions in there and such. So rather than talking about it and coming back and talking about it again. So we'll take a quick break, jump in to the more fun segment, the NFL roundup and NFC North roundup more or less. And of course, previewing next week's game at high noon. Now, another installment of George Stories. Well, it's lawn cleanup season, and believe it or not, there is a George story involving lawnmowers years ago. Uh, back in the day, like 2001, 2000-ish, my dad offered to help me and my brother mow this em- enormous lot that some business wanted us to help cut the grass that was really high. So that way there'd be three of us cutting it at the same time. Well, there you go. So my dad gets started, starts rolling, and then, of course, uh, me and my brother cutting away. We're all kind of far away from each other. And then I kind of catch up to my dad. And all of a sudden, I'm listening closely. 
and his mower is just going when it's supposed to be going um, the blade wasn't running and we're talking 45 minutes at a time I walk up to my dad I say uh oh the blade's not running and uh yeah uh oh and then there it was the blade switch I press it and he says oh no I thought I was cutting the whole time Segment number two, the little roundup one and preview. The Vikings will be playing the Washington Redskins at high noon in the nation's capital post-election. So that'll be interesting. We'll figure out what happens here in the next couple of days. If the election's over at that point, you know, you never know. Remember, remember in 2000 and things dragged out and got all crazy. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how things turn out. I know everybody's got their opinion. I definitely have mine. Some of you that know me on Facebook know I have a pretty strong opinion. <laughs> Do you, do you want me to say it? I, I don't know. Should I? Nah, I don't know. Eh, just say who I endorse. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, just know me on Facebook, I guess. <laughs> uh, Dallas and Cleveland. I might as well start with that one. Oh, goody. Uh, the Sunday night one I won't be able to talk about. That's a thriller. I'll, I'll definitely have it on. Oakland and Denver. Woo! You know I like the Raiders, and, you know, Denver's pretty good, too. Um, wow. The Oakland Raiders are a lot of what I wish the Vikings were on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Derek Carr was available when the Vikings took Teddy Bridgewater. So that kind of is what that is, unfortunately for us. Um, uh, no, let's not start with Yeah, I'll start with Dallas Cleveland. Dallas won on the road 35-10. to 10. Oh, goody. Cleveland Browns exhibiting no punch at all. Whatever. Not much to say. I don't like the Cowboys. And, well, and now this sucks. The Vikings' chances of ever getting any type of home field advantage, I think, are pretty much done and dusted, as they say in Australia, unless the Vikings run the table and the odds of that happening very, 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 very slim because going into Washington does not spell victory in my eyes, and I wish it did. I really, really wish it did. Um, New Orleans is beating San Francisco right now, 41-23. That's getting close there. I mean, that's getting close to coming to an end there. I don't know. Yeah, boy, I, it's like it almost feels like I'm recording this too early. What's up with the LA Rams? They give up like no points, uh, 13 to three, and they score no points either. That game's wrapping up. Carolina leading in that one, most likely going to win and kind of, sort of staying alive, despite the fact they're pretty much out of this thing, which is like haha to me. I guess I don't like Carolina at all. Can't believe Baltimore is actually like leading the division right now. Baltimore and Pittsburgh—that's an interesting one as well. Uh, Baltimore picking, pulling that off. Good for them. I'd, I'll take the Raiders over the Steelers any day, and that's good. With Ben Roethlisberger back in action and Baltimore pulling that off, and of course our good friend Mike Wallace being uh, scoring the early touchdown for that one on a big play. Good for the Baltimore Ravens. They're in the lead with a four and four record. Heck, we might end up winning the division with a nine and seven record the way we're going because of a certain uh, team across the river not doing well either. We'll talk about that later. That's yeah, that makes me smile quite a bit. Ah, uh, Tennessee, San Diego, la da San Diego putting up a nice effort, 33-21 to over the Tennessee Titans right now in the fourth quarter. Keep that thing going. Um, I mean, these are all games I don't really have a whole lot to say about anyway. There's the other one that, you know, I could keep talking about. We should let the clock tick on that one for a little bit longer. Well, yeah, there. It just got better. Ha-ha. 
Yeah, I'll leave that alone. <laughs> it's making me smile. Miami beat the Jets. They're kind of semi-staying alive there in the AFC, if that's humanly possible for them. I've always kind of had a spot special place for the Dolphins. I don't know what it is. They're four and four. They're hanging along. They're hanging in there with the Buffalo Bills. Where they were on the bye this week. Dolphins and Bills tied for second place in that division. The Jets just, I don't know. They looked so promising last year. I don't know what happened other than the quarterback is not real good. Obviously, Kansas City, I don't like them at all, but they're doing well. Um, they're doing very well. They're six and two. Raiders, Broncos, and Chiefs, six and two at this point in time. Um, crazy. Absolutely nuts that they're as good as they are, even uh, despite the fact things kind of, uh, I mean, it's crazy how good these, these three teams are. Kansas City, I've never I've never really been that impressed with them. I don't think they're going to advance anywhere in the playoffs, but uh, we'll just let things play out as they do. We'll talk about that in January. Who You know, irrelevant conversation at this stage. Buffalo's playing Seattle. They're not on the bye. Go Buffalo, because I don't want Seattle to win anything. I, I hate Seattle. And the Vikings right now would still be ahead of Seattle. At least they would have been. Um, they were They were coming into this week. Not anymore. Falcons are ahead of the Vikings now, too. It's uh, getting pretty grim for the Vikings. They would, they would be hosting a wild card game against the New York Giants. They would be hosting it. So that's the good side of things. But you know how I feel about the Giants in the playoffs and what that means. Um, the Vikings have beat the Giants in the playoffs before, but they've also lost to the Giants multiple times in the playoffs. And uh, with Eli Manning at the quarterback, I don't like our chances at all. Uh, despite the Vikings whooping up on that Giants team, my God, it's like night and day when I look at that. Speaking about the Giants again, they are 5-3 and three for a reason because they beat the Philadelphia Eagles, who would not be in the playoffs today. Another road loss for the Philadelphia Eagles. Got to talk about this. Uh, very significant situation brewing there in New York. They're 5-3, and three and they're leading the division. And if they're going to make the playoffs, the New York Giants are, well, they might win the Super Bowl. The San Francisco Giants did not win the Super Bowl, or the World Series, pardon me, because they ran into a team that was ending a curse. And they climbed the steepest possible mountain, the steepest possible path, now that I'm going to venture into baseball quick. See, it's because I talked about the Giants. Uh, the Cubs, they took the steepest road possible, they beat Madison Bumgarner to get there, to get past L.A., who looked like they were going to do good, to get two L's, to get two playing L.A., and then past them when they looked like they might beat the Cubs. And then it looked like the Cleveland Indians had the Cubs whooped. The pitching staff was shutting them down, shutting them down. And then you had a reverse Cleveland Cavaliers, where the, where the Cleveland Indians take a 3-1 to one lead in the series. The Cubs couldn't hit worth crap. And then Bryant, who I think should be they should have been the MVP of the World Series, the third baseman, who's just a... Just an up-and-coming stud. Hit 39 home runs for the, the Cubs. Pops a home run. Gets things going. Starts the wheels turning. He, he is the igniter for that Cubs team. And he got that going in all three of the next games here. After the uh, the next three games. Five, six, and seven. He is the igniter for that team. Started rallies. Just like Paul Molitor did. But he's like Paul Molitor with a lot of power. But Paul Molitor used to do for the Brewers. Back in the good old days. And the Toronto Blue Jays. And kind of the Twins too. Despite the fact that you know, he was old. And the Twins were a little different. They weren't really a playoff team. Um, but Brian got things going for that team. And all of a sudden the bats finally woke up. And the Cubs took I mean, just kind of took over. And won that series. You know, I, I kind of compare it to the Boston Bruins and the NHL. And it looked like Vancouver had the Bruins whooped. And things changed so dramatically. And all those those Cleveland pitchers who were so good suddenly were so vulnerable. And, you, you know, you're going against a great pitching staff in Cleveland. And you have to win game six and seven on the road. And you win both of them. I mean, that's the steepest road. That's the steepest mountain possible. And they got it done. And that's the only way to end a curse. And if the Vikings ever are going to end the curse, so to speak, 
That's the only way to do it. End a drought, end a curse, whatever you want to call it. A curse or a drought. The only way to do it is to pull off the impossible, basically. The Cubs did it, and it's finally over. 108 and all that stuff. And I know everybody's talked about it a billion times. You're probably tired of it. I'm actually a little bit tired of it, but not too bad. Not too bad. Um, but I had to say something since I've been, since I do comment on this stuff and maybe, maybe a kind of care if, if I comment on it or not. And I did, um, and, uh, now the Vikings are, they're, they're on the clock. Um, the longest drought in the NFL is the Arizona Cardinals and the longest down in baseball, God bless them, is the Cleveland Indians now. It's them. And, uh, they were very close. They almost got it and they didn't get it. <laughs> But it's also the way Game 7 turned out. Not only the fact that the Cubs had to come back from 3-1, to one, not only the fact they had to win 6-7 and seven on the road to do it, but the fact that their, their, un, their unbeatable closer gave up a two-run home run in the bottom of the ninth, which forced the extra innings. Luckily, he survived that and didn't give up the game-winning run in the bottom of the ninth to Araldis Chapman. But um, when you give up that type of momentum change and, and that, on the road like that in the seventh game, it's over, folks. Every time, it's over. Even Mariano Rivera, the legend of all time, didn't survive that. Yet the Cubs did. You're telling me there ain't something to climb in the steepest mountain to a championship? The Cubs did it. And uh, amazing. So there it is. That's what the Vikings need to do to end the curse. A team that has been, believable, has been unbelievable in the playoffs for many years is the New York Giants. And again, if the Vikings play them in uh, U.S. Bank Stadium... I think the Vikings probably, you know, the Vikings are the kind of team that would beat them. It's just, I, I don't know, the Giants turned into that crazy team in the playoffs, so I don't like that too much. Good on the Giants for uh, getting this this whole situation to develop over there. It, it's They're in good position right now to possibly uh, compete, for, <laughs> compete for that division. That would be uh, quite impressive if they're able to pull that off. Now we're trying to bounce around some more, if humanly possible. I, I'm not sure it is possible, though. Uh, Los Angeles making things slightly more interesting, but Carolina's probably going to wrap that up. I'm going to leave that alone for the moment. Um, what else is there to go to uh, besides we start previewing stuff? Nope. Uh, oh, Atlanta beat Tampa Bay. They continue to rock and roll. That was on Thursday night, actually. Crazy. Uh, Atlanta's offense continuing to kick some butt. They're 6-3. and three. The Vikings will play them later this season, and that'll be a very, very interesting game. And hopefully by then the Vikings will be winning football games again. Because if they're not, it's over. You can, you can pack our bags. But uh, the only good news is, well, unless Detroit wins the division, <laughs> which maybe they will. I don't know. They have a winning record now. They're 5-4. and four. They're very much in the playoff hunt. They're not in the playoffs, but they're in the hunt. Another team, though, that a lot of us uh, would be annoyed with, that a lot of us hate very much. A team you kind of fear a little bit coming in. Well, they're going to have the same record as the Detroit Lions coming into this week because they're going to be 4-4. Four and four. They, they trail the Indianapolis Colts 31-13 at the moment. Gotta love it. In Lambeau Field, Indianapolis Colts, a team that you think is pretty much wrapped up. And with Andrew Luck performing the way he has today, you'd think the Colts are dead meat, but they're not. 31 to 13. I can't believe it. And the Packers definitely threatening on the goal line here. And not much going. That's good. <laughs> uh, Aaron Rodgers, not, he's kind of back to where he was 54%. He's missed a lot of plays, incomplete passes, interceptions, two interceptions for luck so far. Gore, well, just okay. Ty Montgomery, decent on the ground, but not giving the ball very much because they're playing from behind. Again, a million missed targets from Jordy Nelson. Just cannot complete passes. Richard Rodgers, whatever. Devontae Adams missed passes. Only about only half of the catches made out of that. 
not con- they're not connecting over there in Green Bay. So a team that was picked 85% over 15 with the New York uh, New York Islanders, the uh, New York Islanders, where the hell am I coming up with that? The Indianapolis Colts, and they lead the way right now. That is just incredible. Crazy, 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 crazy. And pardon me for banging on the screen here a minute. I was getting ticked off about something. But uh, go uh, go Colts, I guess, for one week. I don't like the Colts, but if they're playing the Packers, I love them. <laughs> Packers are going to be 4-4, four and four, so the Vikings stay in first place in the division. Um, it, it's gone from a team that would have a first-round bye to one of the same old stories where it's just a weak wild-card uh, division leader. Oh, goody. You know, isn't that depressing when, when you have all this hope and this excitement and it just vanishes into thin air? Oh, it sucks. And, and, the, and, the, and, and the chance of the Vikings catching the Cowboys at this point is probably impossible. Um, they're just, they're 7-1. And, and the Vikings two three two games behind and the Falcons 6-3. and three, So a half game behind. That's good. The, the Falcons are still catchable, but they would have the bye today if the season started. And Seattle's still lurking, too. They would host the Packers at the moment, but I think that's going to go to Detroit at the end of the game today because Detroit did beat the Packers earlier this season. So Detroit would be in the playoffs with the sixth seed. That is freaking funny. <laughs> so a team that isn't a sixth seed right now but could be a sixth seed at some point. Unfortunately, they had the bye this week, but oh well, that's okay. The Washington Redskins, a uh, very good offense, a very balanced offense, at least in the passing game in terms of Kirk Cousins hits so many different receivers equally. It's pretty impressive, actually, when you think about it. Matt Jones, solid on the ground. He gets 4.6 a carry. That ain't bad. He stumbled three times, though. Lost two of them. That's not good. So hopefully the Vikings can take advantage of that. You know, in the past, when you, when you see that kind of stuff, you think, there you go. The Vikings are going to take advantage. And then seven interceptions from Kirk Cousins. That's nine turnovers right there from just two guys that are very important to the uh, Washington Redskins' success. So you figure... Let's go, guys. Let's go. Let's take advantage of it. But the Vikings aren't forcing turnovers anymore. You're not seeing forced fumbles. You're not seeing multiple interceptions. And you're not seeing much of a pass rush either. In fact, you're not seeing any pass rush. I don't know what the hell's going on with the Vikings right now on both sides of the ball, to be quite frank. And it's driving me nuts. Um, Jamison Crowder, the leading receiver on the team. He's actually had 10 more receptions than the second guy, but the, but the yardage is all about the same. Jordan Reed's got 42 catches. He's actually leading in catches. Crowder's leading in yards. They're pretty close, but three touchdowns for Reed so far in the year. You're seeing a very balanced offense. Again, Pierre Garçon right behind that. Vernon Davis is, is also a pretty, pretty significant factor on that club as well. 316 yards. So it's not like I'm sitting here meaning to read stats. It's just saying it's a very balanced passing offense by the uh, Washington Redskins. Um, you know, you're not seeing a whole lot of huge like plays necessarily. You're seeing some though. <laughs> you know, it's, they're not they're not immune to it, but they're hitting guys they need to hit, um, and that's good for them, I suppose. <sighs> it sucks for us a little bit. I'm not too excited coming into this game. Uh, the Vikings' success rate in Washington. Well, we won on the road in '93 to help the Vikings make the playoffs that year. After having a mediocre season, they finished nine and seven that year and made the playoffs barely. Uh, this current Viking team right now, I don't know. I don't like our chances going into Washington. Uh, they're not a great team, but they're, I, I don't know. I mean, it looks like the kind of situation where the Vikings defense would just not get the job done. And the Vikings offense, I, I don't know where to go with it. Um, Washington's defense, not the best thing you ever saw, that's for sure. But is the Vikings offense something you can count on? 
And can you make field goals on the road with Blair Walsh? I mean, do I even need to talk about that anymore? Is that even worth talking about anymore? I mean, is it? I, I, I don't know. Um, the Redskins still very much in the playoff hunt. They're 4-3-1. and one. They were one of the teams that, that played to a tie. Uh, they looked kind of good against Cincinnati last week. I mean, 27 points in London against a pretty good Cincinnati team. So, I don't know. Um, I don't like the Vikings' chances. I mean, can I really pick a win right now? I don't think so. Uh, I I don't like the Vikings' chances at the moment. Watching the Redskins in the bottom half overall with their defense, they're allowing more a lot more points than we are. The Vikings, before today's game, were allowing 14.9, still number one in the league, but... Mm, I, I don't know. I don't like our chances against them at this point. Uh, the rush defense is not good. They're way down there in the bottom quarter, uh, allowing uh, 123 on the ground for the passing game. Washington Redskins right in the middle, in fact, a little bit above the middle. So, uh, you know, I'm not sure what to go with this one. I mean, I I, I basically, I'm just not going to pick the Vikings to win the game. Um, a balanced passing offense and even a decent running game that's consistent out of Matt Jones, who's, again, got four touchdowns. The only hope is the Vikings can force turnovers in this game. I mean, that that's it. That's it. Pressure the quarterback and force turnovers. I mean, it's just 101. And it's the kind of stuff the Vikings did early in the season that changed games, particularly on the road, against Carolina, against Tennessee, and it, it even helped against Green Bay and such, but the Carolina-Tennessee type of games, just huge, huge uh, game changers for the Vikings along the way. Huge turnovers forced, and it changed everything. And the Vikings need to do that if they're going to get things back. If they're going to be back to playing like a team that deserves a first-round bye in the, in the NFC, they need, to comp- they need to bring that back against this Washington Redskins team. Um, the Vikings lose to the Redskins. They are barely going to make the playoffs. They might not make it at all. Uh, and, and again, with things heading the way they are, the Redskins being a capable offense and a, and a eh, you know not so good defense, but a, but I, I don't trust our offense right now. Um, I'm not sure I can pick the Vikings to do anything at this stage. Uh, the Redskins have 22 sacks on the year. That's not bad. They're one of the better teams in that category. So again, that's that's not good for us. <laughs> Washington Redskins way up there. They're actually sixth in the league in sacks. Vikings were way up there. Not anymore. I mean, it's been a huge drop-off. You almost forgot about us. <laughs> yeah, we're still stuck at 20. It's not the worst thing ever, but it's changed dramatically the past uh, few weeks here. That's what needs to change if the Vikings are going to win the game. Seriously, like I just said, 101. I mean, pressure the quarterback and force turnovers. That's it. I mean, that's that's it's that simple. That's all I got to say. They actually have 21 sacks because we got to Matthew Stafford once today. Woo-hoo. And the Vikings need to do that again. They need to get to Kirk Cousins three or four sacks, I think, in the game if they're going to have any hope to win that one. You need you need several sacks in the game, and you need two turnovers. You need at least one interception and one fumble recovery, or two interceptions, whatever it is. And you need to do something with it afterward. They have to. Um, it's the only way. I mean, the momentum right now is not on the Vikings' side at all. The def- I mean, basically, the Vikings play anything like they did today, they will lose the game. And the Vikings were better today than they were against Philadelphia and against Chicago. And again, that tells you something that the Vikings will lose to the Redskins if they're if they're not at all significantly better. And I mean, significantly better than they've been the past three weeks after the bye. So we'll wrap things up right now. I'm going to pick the Redskins to win the game. I want to come out in good faith and pick the Vikings to get it right, but I can't do that because I'm not seeing it. 
I'm not seeing it. Go out there and show it. Prove it. Not only to me, but to all of us Viking fans and to yourselves and to other teams in this league that you're still a threat to be reckoned with defensively. And you know what? Let's get some let's get some offense together too against a pass defense that's well, it's not the worst thing ever. Maybe we might be able to run against this club because they're in the bottom four in that category. They allow over 123 yards a game on the ground. That's not bad. Take advantage of it. Please take advantage of it. The other thing, too, though, that is not good is the Redskins are tops in the league in forced fumbles. Actually, they're second behind New Orleans. Surprise, New Orleans would be in there. Tied for second in that case. So that's another thing that's a little bit scary. Just hang on to the frickin' football. That would, that would be nice. Um... I'm going to pick the Redskins to win the game 21-17 right now. 21-17, Washington will win the game. This is the first time I'm actually picking the Vikings to lose. You realize I picked the Vikings to win every game so far, which is kind of silly and kind of goofy, but it's like they were rebound wins the last couple weeks. (laughs) Now I'm picking the Vikings to lose to Washington, so I hope I'm wrong again. I hope it's three weeks in a row, four weeks in a row that I'll be wrong. I'll, I'll take a four-game losing streak for the Vikings to win in Washington, but right now I don't see it. <clears throat> maybe the Vikings will get one turnover and they'll get two sacks, maybe, or something, but it needs to be four sacks and two turnovers for the Vikings to win the football game, and I am standing by that right here, right now. There it is. 21-17. Washington defeats the Vikings. Their offense will be better, or we just will be good enough, and the Vikings' defense will not be good enough, and the Vikings' offense will not be good enough. The only hope is to get the first downs that we weren't getting on the ground the past couple of weeks here. Take advantage of the running game. That's how you can uh, the run defense at Washington. That's how you can hopefully move the chains and win the football game. But right now, until I say until I mean right now, I'll believe it when I see it. So there it is. I've said it enough. Twenty-one seventeen Washington. We'll be back for fan interaction right after this. We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number three, fan interaction segment, looking to wrap things up here, so I'll do a quick update, Green Bay ultimately made a comeback a bit in that game, but Indianapolis finished finished the job 31-26, to so they're in the playoff hunt in the NFC East, or AFC, AFC, pardon me, I'm going crazy, and the Green Bay Packers would be out of the playoffs if the season ended today, so you gotta like that, that would put Washington, our next week's opponent, in the playoff picture, and if they beat us, they'll be staying in the playoff picture, and the Vikings then will be, well, <laughs> I don't know, like the sixth seed or something, depending on how things go, but Green Bay, 4-4. Four and four. I never thought I'd see that with a with a healthy Aaron Rodgers, but we're seeing it. I'm glad I'm seeing it, though. Um, don't have a problem with it at all. So let's get to the... <laughs> Let's get to the fan interaction. It's just that this stuff happened very quickly later in the second segment as I was doing the show. It was just kind of happening in the background, and then, of course, during the break, the game ended. So, rock and roll. Glad to see Indianapolis hang on and win that game, even though I'm not a Colts fan of any kind. The uh, Twitter account is at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show. Let's get on board now. You're going to get a lot of interaction with Mad Martin and such. I think it's mostly Mad Martin. Wow, there's a lot of... Yeah, he was getting frustrated during the game like the rest of us. Where are we? Holy smokes. He was really upset. (laughs) And I was reading most of it, and then I just, you know, just kind of getting locked into the game there, so it's just kind of one of those things. Um, Mad Martin was saying, got to win today. Yep, still in shock at Norv's departure. Yep, we'll talk about that in the Facebook part. Uh, I saying, still need some points in this next drive. Not another three and out. 
skip a couple of them because it's during the game type of stuff. Who's this 11 guy? Yep, that was when uh, yep, Treadwell made the catch. Justin in Rochester said, actually, we did get them in Philly and didn't didn't do bleep with them. Kind of like kind of like now. Let's see, who was you? Uh, I was saying there's a game-changing play we didn't get in the past two weeks. Oh, well, yeah, the interceptions. I got what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yep, 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 yep. Okay, yes, yes, Justin. Um, Justin Day, Justin and Rochester at Day underscore 24. Oh, yeah, I remember how that kind of rhymes good. My bad, Justin. I don't know. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't see it against um, Chicago at all. You saw nothing. Um, see, they were happening early, and then later on when you desperately needed something, nothing came about, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, that's kind of the new theme. You get the game-changing play, and then do absolutely nothing with it, exactly, like you're saying, kind of like, no, that's a star candidate, that was, that's a good one, uh, and my bad there, so, there you go. Mad Martin is saying they are, and hopefully Justin still listens, he used to, he, he's kind of in and out, you know, just because, I don't know, for a while it was like a good luck thing, it was kind of strange, but... That was way back in 2012. Like, Justin Day's old school. He goes back to 09. Very old old school for this show. And Purple Mafia is extremely old school in the podcasting world. If you want the truth, you have people talking about, like, I started my show back in 13. Man, he's one of the granddaddies. Really? I started in 08. Woo-hoo-hoo. And uh, Dave Martin is out of Northern Scotland. And then Justin's in Rochester, Minnesota. He's originally from Brooklyn Park, which is where I live right now. Um, I just know from his Facebook page when he mentioned it a while back. Uh, Dave saying, sorry, but bleeping hell. Start at the 18 and go back 31 yards. What? Need a drink. Yep, that was after the, yeah, the Vikings were, were uh, that was after the interception from um, Greenway. Forrest helped, helped by Daniel Hunter. And, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're going the wrong way. Yep, that's what he's saying. I have to wonder when the D will give up with no help from this. Oh, that last drive was a disgrace. It really was. Um, yeah, it just goes on and on. Just a frustration. Uh, he says he feels like he's watching a game from 2013. Ooh, boy. That's a, you know, it felt like it, didn't it? I mean, I even compared 2013 a little bit. Um, just like, what the hell's going on? The defense will never, the defense won't be that bad, but still, just the, the lack of production. Just garbage. Garbage offense. Uh, he says, got to hope for some Zimmer adjustments at the half, but yeah, <laughs> but it's possible this is the worst O in the league right now. Oh, they're way down there, my friend. Way down there. What the? <laughs> that's funny. Did I miss? Yeah, oh, that's what he's doing. A funny face. Yep, with Blair Walsh with the eyes all cockeyed. That's about right. Um, a creative play, and that was the, yep, and the missed extra point. Yep, that was a big bummer after the uh, Hillman, and then ultimately, uh, the touchdown to Mr. Kyle Rudolph. If it's fourth and down, just go for it. And then, unfortunately, we never make it. But luckily, we did make that one. We did make that one. <laughs> and the extra point that time. Yeah. I almost, you almost have gone for three. But gone for two, I mean, pardon me. But uh, well, that would have, yeah, that would have been a fire job. If he didn't get in, he'd probably be fired after the game. No, people would be calling for it. Um... Here we go. Mad Martin says, I'm all for second chances, but Walsh has burned all his boats. Now time to move on. That's where I completely agree. Bad defense in the overtime. Yep, it was very New Orleans Saints-like. Um, yeah, more political ads. Yep. <laughs> Why? Wow, but it did feel good to be pretenders for a few weeks. A loss to the Lions at home. Terrible D in overtime. Yep, very much so. Um... He says, I'm not ready to say the season is over, but all those key injuries catching up with the team now. Yes, it, it really is. 
Because um, what was I saying? Did I say something there? No. I, I was about ready to do that, though. <sighs> Dave was also saying, since the Eagles game, not the passion they had in the first six, got to wonder what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean, it's just not been the same since then, since the Eagles game. Yeah, it's unbelievable. No sympathy for no sympathy for Blair Walsh. He needs to get the bleep out. And who do we replace him with? Oh, and next with no cap. Mal- yep, that was Mal- that was Malcolm that said no simply for Blair Walsh. Pardon me, Malcolm out of California. Yep, and Mad was Mad Martin was saying who do we replace him with? Anyone? Uh, Malcolm wraps up the Twitter with uh, anyone. You can sign a kicker for the minimum. Well, Shane Graham's out there. That's a name. Uh, Josh Brown, believe it or not, is out there. That might be one to look at. Is Josh Brown? Uh, I'm not sure what people think about him. I'm not a Josh Brown expert. I'll admit. I wish I was, but I'm not. Uh, Robbie Gold would have been nice, but he went to the New York Giants and he made four extra points today. And, well, they, they, they're they in a higher seed than the Vikings right now, which is really annoying, actually. I mean, really annoying. <laughs> yeah, it's complete BS. The Vikings should not be in the position they're in, but we are what we are. Uh, let's get to the... I'm going to talk about the call-in line first. Uh, the call-in line is 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention which... Mention what you're calling, which show you're calling in for, which is Purple Mafia, and do your statement, shout-out, question, comment, and rock and roll on here with me. It would be greatly appreciated. Of course, see, there's the regular phone line. You can call from a cell phone. Then there's the call now button on the Facebook page, which is, well, I'll tell you how to get there in a second. There's a call now button, which will directly connect you to TSS through the uh, through a Facebook Messenger, which will, in turn, again, be the, the uh, voicemail. So don't worry, you don't have to talk live or anything, even though that would be really fun to do that sometime, but not not with the current state of uh, how I'm podcasting. And then, of course, there's the uh, audio submission route where you record from your smart device on your, you know, some app or whatever, and keep it like a minute or so, just like every other call, minute, two minutes, and then email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. That's uh, everything... You just, everything you heard will be in the uh, show description on iTunes, Stitcher, and the sportsstuff.com, and probably any other uh, application out there that might mirror iTunes <laughs> and Stitcher and such. Um, there you go. Uh, to get to the Facebook page, it is facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. That also will be in the uh, show description as well. But please go there, click like, join the page, and comment away. That would be greatly, greatly appreciated. I'll uh, dance around in the... Uh, well, no, no, I'm not going to go there yet. We start with the last episode the way it is, because that's what it was. Gerald String says, great show, Joey. And thank you so much. Um, I always wonder which show was my best one. I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much, Gerald out of Nebraska. Um, the numbers have been way down. I don't know if... It, I'm guessing it's the whole bandwagon effect where everybody was all excited, and then down it goes. Because it happened in the past, in like 2012, 2013, stuff like that. Well, 13, especially when things went way downhill, people were tired of Ponder, and I didn't get that many listeners that year. It was kind of frustrating, but still a decent amount, and a lot of the a lot of the pillars stuck around, and thank you very much. Now, of course, the news that took place during the week, and it's definitely not breaking news on this show at this stage, because I did not do a special episode, which uh, I could have, but yeah, I'm, I'm just, you know... I may be a dis a bit see listen to me. I might be a bit disoriented <laughs> on the show today because I've been doing long cleanups all week. I'm I'm exhausted, and of course the game didn't bring up any spirits. You know, as I might be already a little bit down in the dumps because I'm exhausted, working my ass off, and it's not over. It's not going to be over for a while. 
Uh, so just to, uh, giving you my apologies and a little bit of hint as to why, even though it's not really an excuse. Um, <clears throat> but Norv Turner resigned as the Vikings' offensive coordinator on Wednesday morning, Pat Shermer to take over immediately. And you always kind of suspected when Pat Shermer came in from the Eagles that maybe, just maybe, this was some kind of message like, okay, Norv, your job isn't necessarily as safe as you might think it is. Though it seems like Mike Zimmer and Norv Turner, uh, like there's a huge respect from Zimmer and such. I don't know how to read into this. Um, the guys on KFAN act like, oh, Norv Turner's the nicest guy ever. Blah, well, not the guys, PA anyway. And then others like Barrero might be like, well, you know, I think he might have been forced out. There was a lot of questionable play calls and stuff. And plus bringing in all these other head coaches and, and coordinators like uh, Sperano and Pat Shermer. A uh, little, little bit of a little bit of a eyebrow raiser for me, and I kind of wasn't, eh, I wasn't against it at all, actually, for that very reason. And uh, of course, the connections of Pat Shermer to Sam Bradford, which of course helped help the Vikings feel confident bringing in Sam Bradford. And then once Bradford's here, well, yeah, hello, <laughs> Pat Shermer was offensive coordinator with the uh, Cardinals, the Cardinals, the St. Louis Rams, and the uh, Philadelphia Eagles last season, both teams that Sam Bradford was the starting quarterback at the time. Hello. <laughs> they weren't world beaters, but he had some success together. Uh, that was a fun offense last year to watch, actually, with Chip Kelly uh, there. But unfortunately, the defense was kind of wide open. Luck, uh, I wish we got to go against that defense this year, but we didn't. Um, on 1500, they were talking about how Turner might as well, was probably basically fired, but we'll just say you quit type of thing, or please do quit, or you're fired type of thing. I don't know what to make of it. And then as uh, Judd Zolgett even going into like a possible conspiracy theory of maybe this could have been Rick Spielman, actually. This may have been more of a Rick Spielman move, which is quite possible. Spielman does have the authority. He does. He's the general manager. He's the, the leader of the franchise on the football side. Um, because, well, he kind of buried Cordero Patterson for the longest time. And... Uh, others out there. And Patterson was kind of like that, that, that sports car in the, in the garage that never got used, that type of thing. Since Norv Turner got here, uh, Cordero Patterson was kind of not used ever. I, I don't know. It, it is what it is. Uh, Turner, Turner's plays were not good. The play calling was extremely questionable the past few weeks. But, I mean, it seems like this happens with every team. And, and I've always wondered what the hell they're doing. Like, you're behind and you're handing the ball off. You're letting the clock run. It's third nine and you're doing short plays. Just hoping, just hoping you're going you're gonna to get some blocks. Right place, right time. So the guy breaks loose for 12, maybe maybe 100 yards, whatever. It's just gambling to me. Um, I don't know. I mean, try to at least be a little bit closer to the, to the, to the, to the markers. I mean, really like a two yard pass, one yard pass, hoping the guy's going to break like three tackles or something. I mean, the blocking isn't a guarantee and it certainly is not a guarantee you're going to break tackles to get there. It's basically punting before you're punting. I don't know. And Turner's uh, approach with Bradford as well. The five step drop takes longer and such. Uh, the takes longer for the play to develop and then the offensive line's protection obviously isn't very good, which then leaves Bradford in the potential of being on his back before he can even release the football, which, of course, is a sack. Common sense, right? And Pat Shermer's offense was a lot quicker in Philadelphia. In fact, it was Pat Shermer with Chip Kelly, that is, was the quickest offense in football last year. It took, it took, it was like unbelievable numbers and how quick uh, Bradford and the Eagles were getting plays off. 
and, uh, from the line of scrimmage on and on and on as they were starting to set. Just hut, okay, complete, here we go, down. Okay, hut, it was like a constant hurry-up offense there in Philadelphia, and they're getting rid of the ball immediately type of thing. That's how you avoid getting sacks rather than having plays that take time to develop, and then next thing you know, Bradford can't get rid of the ball before it's too late. So a lot of situations with Norv Turner were some red flags, and I'm not against Norv Turner no longer being the offensive coordinator of the Vikings, regardless if he resigned, was fired, or hates the Vikings and decided to leave. Um, He was obviously very frustrated with the offensive line because it wasn't working. Plain and simple, it wasn't working, and he's a guy who's had a lot of success in in his career. So it's like one of those things, maybe he felt, I can't do it anymore, or this isn't a good fit, or whatever it is. Uh, Whatever it is, it's not a good fit, and best of luck to Norm Turner in the future. Uh, Pat Shermer, it looked a little better today. It did. So hopefully it continues. Uh, Bradford was not bad today. He really wasn't. Uh, The in-game thread, kind of bouncing around a bit. Uh, Yankee was saying, oh, those Vikings, wake me up when they are back to the way they were before the bye. Yep. Cedric Paulding out of Mississippi says, why... Did we play that soft-ass defense? We should put pressure on Stafford. And yes, the title of this episode is Prevent Defense. I, I was thought I was going to mention that in the first segment, but I never even did. Um, I just kind of kept going in whatever directions I was going. And yeah, it was just a prevent defense situation. Uh, prevent defense does what it does. It prevents wins. Um, Justin Mayer Henry out of Colorado was saying another loss. We can blame on Blair, kind of. But this team is looking like... They are going to drop the rest of the season in the lost column. Total garbage. I'm sick of this team making me feel like shit year after year. I feel you completely. I'm sick of it too. And I'm not going to leave the team, and I don't think he is either. But it's just, uh, yeah, it's so damn frustrating. <laughs> this is in the end game, but it's like the late end game. So it's like it's basically post game stuff. So it's always good to kind of backtrack into this. Why the hell not? <laughs> Um, Cedric Walling saying Blair, Blair Walsh needs to be cut ASAP. I I agree. Um, Shane Graham is rated as a D free agent. I don't know. I I don't know. I always liked Shane Graham in the past with Cincinnati and uh, uh, the Saints later on. I always liked him. I I don't know. Um, he can't be worse than Blair Walsh at this point. He's just you know he's an older guy now. This and that. He had a hell of a career though when he was good. And Josh Brown out there, former Giant. I don't know. I mean, at, at least bring them in and see what they can do. I mean, that doesn't mean you have to sign them on the spot for ten for for ten million dollars a year. Just bring them in and check them out. See what's going on. Light a fire under that sob. And if they look like they're sharp, tell Blair Walsh. It's I'm sorry, but we can't count on you. And if we can't count on you, we're not going to keep you. Period. Um, good luck in the future. Maybe he'll sign with the Giants. God, God forbid. Or, well, yeah, the Giants, Robbie Gold, or with uh, somebody else. I don't know, the Bears or something. <laughs> Brett McCarthy says, I can't believe this just happened. Oh, wait, yes, I can. Keep play, keep keep playing like this. The season is over. Yep, and that was uh, Brett McCarthy out of South Dakota. Justin Muir Henry says, let's keep dropping losses and draft Lamar Jackson. Yeah, that guy is something out of Louisville. He's like Teddy Bridgewater on super steroids. I mean, that guy. <laughs> well, he's Teddy Bridgewater with a better arm and better legs. Yeah, he's freaking awesome. Lamar Jackson is going to be awesome. Um, and I'm not, I don't want to go in the Michael Vick road. I don't like Michael Vick. I always thought he was overrated. He was inaccurate. He wasn't a winner. He was extremely athletic and had a big arm. But 
you need the accuracy with the arm, and it seemed like he wasn't the kind of guy that's going to carry you into into like a big run. You know, he 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 was he was a highlight reel, and but he wasn't a, but he wasn't a winner. That's just the vibe I got, and that's a lot of people out there. It's not just Michael Vick. That's a lot of players in mini sports, especially at the quarterback position as well. I think Matt Ryan is a, a guy who's much more of a of a highlight reel quarterback than, you know, and I don't mean with the running, but like just the great plays, than he is a winner, a guy who's going to win a Super Bowl for you. I said it. Oh, wait. Yes, I did. Uh, Blair Walsh, or excuse me, Brett McCarthy and Cedric Paulding wrapping things in this section up saying we can't, this is Cedric Paulding saying we can't draft him until next year. He's a true sophomore. Yeah, he's really young, Lamar Jackson. Brett McCarthy says, has Walsh been let go yet? Not yet. Um... Uh, I'll, I'll get to what Zimmer said here quick as we jump into the post-game conversation. I think I think I have it loaded. I thought I did, and I do somewhere. Somewhere. Uh, Zimmer was saying, for the first time in three weeks, this team fought like how I expect them to fight. <laughs> if we continue to do these kind of things, we'll win football games. And yeah, they, they were better. They were better on the offensive side. The defensive side, I think they were worse, actually. <laughs> uh, yes, they were. Um, but it was nice to see Daniel Hunter kind of create a little havoc. Uh, Zimmer's saying, I was trying to let the clock down a bit. That was the whole 23 seconds. I know we still had another timeout left, and if we didn't score, I was going to let it run down a little bit if if it was going to be the end of the football game. So, yeah, that would have been, yeah. So his his reasoning is, if we didn't, he would have let it run down some more. Like, he was thinking if, if we didn't get in on that play, but I don't know. You can't always count on that. Um, is what, what was it? It was a second down? Because I remember the Vikings did convert finally on a fourth down. And then they start from the five. They had four chances at the five. And, well, they scored a touchdown. I believe it was either the first or second down on the play. So Zimmer... But if you were going to play it that way, I would have ran the ball, not passed it. That was a... I, it was, I don't know what the hell to think of it. It was a... Ah, I guess I guess it was kind of a running play, and it was an unexpected one with Red Ellison, and he barely hung on to that ball. And the amount of time he did, it was barely. Um, Zimmer says, if I had to do it all over again, I would probably have rushed four. Yep, and tried to get it that way, but he spread it around and made a play. And that's this is about um, um, Matthew Stafford in the overtime. He would have rushed four to Matthew Stafford, but. He spread the ball around. Uh, we've got, and about Blair Walsh, he says, we've got to obviously make some kicks. And after the game, he didn't want to evaluate where things stand with the struggling kicker. Hmm. Hopefully that's a sign that he's thinking of letting him go. I, I don't know, because in the past he would just say, no, he's, he's, he's our kicker. So I, I don't know what to make of it. Um, post-game thoughts, let's jump into that now, this second. Um, sorry for the noise. Off and on, Justin Mayer Henry, who is a star candidate for this episode, says, and "I, you know, I, I forgot to give it out last week, and I had the list in my head, and thanks for not writing it down. That's I'm mad at myself for that. I would have named them for last week and this week, uh, so I really apologize. Oh man, I really apologize for that. That's that's a bummer." Uh, Dave Martin was going to get the yeah. Dave Martin's going to get was going to get the gold star for last week. I do remember that. Dave Martin. And I can't remember who else now. Um, damn it. I think I can't remember. I'll just say Dave Martin for the gold star. Uh, shoot. 
You have Justin Day and Justin Mayer Henry. So the Justins are probably going to get stars this week, uh, most likely. Uh, Justin Mayer Henry says, this team is utter garbage. I honestly hate this team more than I love them sometimes. I know exactly what you're saying, brother. I says, I'm so sick of being depressed year after year. Another total flop. It's sad that with 23 seconds left, I knew they were, yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I was afraid too, you know. Shoot. <laughs> I knew they were going to lose when they had the lead. Yep. They, I mean, they had the lead for like 23 seconds in the game, didn't they? They had the lead. Do you realize that? They had the lead for 23 seconds in this game. That is that is atrocious. At home against Detroit, yes, Detroit's playing better this year. But the Detroit Lions never win here. And and you know what? They're 4-4. Four and four. They're not... Oh, they're 5-4. and four, Pardon me. They're not, you know, 5-1. and one. So, whatever. 5-4 and five and four is not that great. You've got to take care of this team that you know... You, you know who they are and what they're all about. And, you know... You only allowed 13 uh, points from the Lions until that last second. You've got to finish the job, you idiots. Ugh, drives me nuts. You bunch of dummies like some old school coach, uh, like, uh, uh, what, what was his name? Ah, I can't remember. Uh, McCarville? I can't remember why the hell I'm forgetting his name. I'm losing my mind. So, uh, he says, that is when the team, that is what the team has done to us all. We expect them to let us down after they had us high on our emotions. They stab you in the heart and and leave you to bleed out. Yep. Exactly, Justin Mayor Henry, and that is a superstar candidate. <laughs> Gerald String had generated some responses. He's saying, being a long-term Viking fan is not for the weak of heart, that's for sure. It's not for the wee lads, as they say. Not for the wee lads, you know. Yes. For those in Scotland would say something like that. And I'm not making fun of Scottish at all. I love, I love, oh man. <laughs> I, was re- I was just thinking of what it says on the Scotch Ale for uh, the founder's uh, dirty bastard. <laughs> it's not for the wee lads, or ain't for the wee lads. Robert Skull Viking Fisk says, I'm 54 years old. I have been rooting for the Vikings since I was a young child. My heart has been broken so many times, yet for all the Super Bowls, for their piss-poor effort and lack of going for the throat. When they have victory in their hands, they choose to leave it in the... Where did it go? They choose to leave it in the Valley of Defeat. Yeah, exactly, man. And Justin Mayor Henry says, at late, the Packers are losing. And yes, they did. <clears throat> they were losing by a lot more than they lost by. But, <clears throat> well, the Raiders are up 3 nothing at the moment. But Denver is attempting to drive, I think. Well, they were until that happened. But, uh, boy, football is a game of bobbly, 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 isn't it? What the hell? What the hell was that? Oh, okay. It was like catch. No, not catch. Almost intercepted. No, none of the above. Incomplete pass. Punt. That's football for you. Sebastian Parton, also known as Sebastian Balls, of the Purple Press Box. And I will also give a shout out to uh, MN, MN Vikings Haven, uh, hosted by Trevor Rickerin on Facebook. Do go to that page and follow it or join it, whatever it is. And comment on there. He's kind enough to let me to let me post a link to Purple Mafia on there, and of course Sebastian Barton, the Purple Press Box, which is on the Spreaker application on smartphones of Apple and Android. Um, Sebastian says, "Pathetic, piss poor team effort. No, measure, no pressure on Stafford. Exactly, and no offense can't can't score to save their lives. Yeah, 
Really, though, I mean, you had some accurate passing, but then you couldn't get the first downs in the red zone. You just couldn't get a first freaking down. Fourth down, fourth down, fourth down, uh, whatever. You know, you get to a fourth down, and you try to kick it, and then that happens. Or you get pushed so far back, you can't even attempt a field goal. Or you have no faith in your kicker, so you go for it on fourth. And regardless, you wind up with absolutely freaking nothing. That's, that tells me you got to cut Blair Walsh, you know, because you're trying to force it through. You have no faith in the guy, and then when he is out there to kick it, he just gives you what he gives you. Patrick Grant, uh, a man of few words the past couple of weeks, says heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Brett McCarthy says too many missed opportunities. Get rid of Walsh. He also says no pressure on defense at all. So agree, so agree. Brad Graves says SMH. He's shaking his head, basically. Gerald Sring out of Nebraska saying... Great teams find ways to win games like these. Divisional games don't necessarily have to be pretty, but we're not a great team. Not trying to make excuses either, but just too many hurdles to overcome with all the injuries. If I find the cut up on this. And Gerald Sring was the gold star for last week. That's who it was. And then Dave Martin was the silver, and the bronze was going to... Um, I was going to give it to that, uh, Robert Skull Viking Fest, who had a pretty good comment last week. He's going to be a star candidate this week, too. Gerald Sring was the gold star winner last week. I remember that very long post he made, and it was a lot of good stuff. I mean, that guy is on fire. <laughs> he has some good stuff. So, yeah, it was Gerald Sring, Dave Martin, and Robert Skull Viking Fisk. So, and I think Skull Viking Robert is going to be a, a star candidate again, as should Gerald Sring be. Um... And, yep, that's the same comment. I don't know if he posted it twice. Looks like it. And that's okay. Uh, Gerald String has a couple posts on a row here saying, The bad part is we sold out for Bradford. I know it's not his fault, but now we're giving up a future draft fix. Yep, that's a lot. We've done that too many times over the history, thinking we need that one player to win it all. It never has worked out yet. And plus you have Bridgewater still, so... I don't know, maybe they're thinking they'll have to trade one of the two away, but I don't know if you're going to get a first-round pick back. That's the other thing. Um, Yeah, here we go. Gerald Spring saying, you never, ever, ever see the Patriots ever jeopardize the team's future by giving up two draft picks to go out and get an overpaid veteran. How many championship teams do that? I can't think of any right offhand. No? Um, Teams that think they're going to win it, maybe, but yeah. (laughs) <laughs> the Patriots often are the ones that are receiving, on the receiving end of the multiple draft picks, like the Cordero Patterson trade. That uh, That's why Spielman would be a little protective of him, because, yeah, and I, I don't know, that might have built some kind of schism, some kind of schism between um, Norv Turner and Rick Spielman. That's one of the conspiracy theories out there. I'm always open to hearing conspiracy theories, because sometimes there's something going on. Where there's smoke, there's fire. You just never know might be completely way off. There might be something there. I mean, it's at least a theory. It doesn't have to even be a conspiracy theory, just a theory. Gerald String wrapping up his his uh, 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 section here, his section saying, speaking of draft picks, did we get any last year? Catastrophe is the word that comes to mind. Yeah, not yet. Yeah, um, you know, even Mackenzie Alexander had a rough game. Uh, that was heartbreaking for me because I really liked the guy, but he stunk today. I, I'm not afraid to say it. Laquan Treadwell did what I think he will do in the future, though, and that's make catches on those third downs. Do you spend first-round picks on guys like that, or do you get them in the mid-rounds, though, like fourth, fifth round? Hmm, I think you get them in the fourth or fifth round. Cody Whitehair, Cody Whitehair, Cody Whitehair. You know, he might not be the best guard in the NFL, and guard might not be the most important position on the offensive line. In fact, it's the third out of the three. But 
you know what? We still could use him. You know, we could still use him. He'd be a left guard too, and that's pretty important considering where that position is on the field. <sighs> yeah, Cody Waiter, you know, damn it. Justin Mayer saying, anyone want a week? Yep, here we go. This is like, this pretty much just about seals the deal here for yeah, Mayer Henry getting a very good star in this one. Anyone want to take a week off? Let's have a bye week for the fans. I think we need a break. And exactly, that's what I'm saying too. I was saying agreed three weeks in a row was too much and the weather was too nice outside today. Uh, Justin saying, the name of the show should be Bankrupt at U.S. Bank, LOL. Yeah, that's, that is a good one. That would have been a candidate, but I was kind of already set on on uh, prevent defense. You know, yeah, I mean, that's a good idea too, but that might be a good one if you ever get shut out at home. That's being bankrupt, that's for sure. But yeah, there's our first home loss. Mm. Uh, Brent Jacobson says, what's Fouad Revez up to? Remember Fouad Revez, early 90s, late 80s, he could really kick. I mean, he wasn't the, he didn't have the most powerful leg in the league, but he was as accurate and reliable as you could possibly get. It's a, it's just a crying shame you didn't have a water vez in a big NFC Championship game situation. I remember he retired because of a foot injury, ankle injury, I believe it was, that just wasn't healing, and it was the kind of thing that would require long-term surgery, and it was just, okay, that's it. He's going to have to retire, and that was the same time that Kirby Puckett had to retire, way back in 96. Um, it was a bummer. Joe's uh, ring like that one. Dustin Mariner says, Dream Bray dropped another at least... So that helps, and it does. The Vikings are still in first place, but now, now we're where Houston, where I was saying Houston was. Remember, I was talking about back when the Houston Texans were one of the little, the little playoff teams, the cute little ones that they make the playoffs and they lose in the first, maybe suck around. Well, that's kind of where we are now. That sucks. <clears throat> that really sucks. I'll check for visitor posts. It's mostly yep, Ali posting articles, and I do appreciate that. And a funny uh, Craigslist ad, Brent Jacobson posted about how. <clears throat> It says, tackle needed, desperately looking for someone to occupy either end of our offensive line to protect Sam Bradford and, if possible, open some holes for our running backs. Even better. (laughs) Experience preferred, but not needed. Oh, man, man, man. And it's not loading the rest. That sucks. Oh, well. Guess I'll just have to leave that as is for some stinking reason. But yeah, um, that's awesome. That was one of the funniest things you ever read the past week or so. I mean, that was... uh, (laughs) <laughs> that was magic. That was gold. Um, and Ali posting articles from Pro, Pro Football Spot. Never stop. Thank you very much for that. Ali, it's good reading during breaks and such. They were up. I remember the Vikings beat the Lions in 2002. And guess who was at that game for Mike's first win? Me. Purple Mafia host Joey Wyden was at that, was at that game back in 2002. That was uh, in the lower deck thanks to my uncle who helped hook, hook us up for that one. Wow, that was a, that was a, well, we sucked. Our, our defense was horrendous, <clears throat> and Culpepper was all over the place. He sucked that year, too. He, he was a turnover machine, but Detroit was awful. Uh, he was, they were awful, and, and Joey Harrington was a early draft pick at the time. We didn't realize how awful he was going to be. <laughs> at the time, he was the number two pick in the draft, and it's like a, a up-and-coming prospect. But I remember still thinking, oh my god, we were giving up some of the lamest like first downs. It was so frustrating. Yeah, we still won the game. Thank God. 31-24. to First win for Mike freaking Tice. Yes, sir. Uh, Tice was in trouble coming into that one, too. So there it is. I remember Scott Linehan was even in trouble. And little did we know how good of an offensive coordinator he would be. It even ended up being a really good one on the Lions years later when they had some, some serious success. So we'll leave that alone now. 
we'll wrap up the show. It's way longer than I expected this one to be. I don't know. I just go and go and go sometimes, and I don't even realize it. Uh, cleanups have been continuing. We've been making really nice progress, though, which is great. Uh, different strategy this year, kind of going light. I don't know if I already mentioned that, kind of going light on some yards <clears throat> early and then kind of getting heavier as we go. But, yeah, starting, we started a little earlier, kind of getting what we can and then come back later for an easier job than it would have been, that type of thing. So kind of smart, actually. Not bad. I, I don't mind it as much as I thought I would. As long as the rain stops, we'll be very, 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 very happy. <laughs> this weather is the best possible November weather you'll ever have. Warm and dry. Can I say those two words again? Warm and dry. And I don't want it to stop. I want to see that sunlight. I want to see the dryness. You, you have no idea how, well, so a lot of you might have an idea how frustrating wet leaves are when you're trying to get that job done. Uh, you know, especially when it's, you know, your second job, whatever, and you only have limited time to get it done and then get to work. So please pray for less and less rain and less dew as well. <laughs> but uh, I'm really, really loving it. Do enjoy this warm, comfortable weather when you can during the course of this week. Let's pass out the stars before I screw up again. Now, Gerald String has the gold star for last week. Last week, So that's a done deal. Um, and I named the three already. So now the gold star for this week is Justin Mayer Henry. Um, he will definitely get the gold star for this week. Robert Skull Viking is going to get the silver for the week. Robert Skull Viking is going to get the silver. He's moving up there. Ho- hopefully he listens. I'm not sure if he does or doesn't, but I um, really appreciate his uh, inclusion on the show. And the Bronze Star, I'm going to give it to... I'm, I'm going to go to Twitter today. Justin, Justin Day and Dave Martin will both be getting a Bronze Star today with some, some awesome quotes along the way. Justin Day really nailed me with that one. I have to give him a Bronze Star. He's, he's, he's good at that. He, just gotta, he doesn't tweet me very often or, uh, or on Facebook, but when he does, it's just like a boom, like, oh, whoa, like a little jab to the face. Like, oh, damn, you, you got me, man. He's good at that. Uh, good, good on him. Um, I, I hope he's still a listener, and if you are, please let me know, Justin. Like, just a quick tweet. Yes, I still listen or whatever. And obviously, if you can't hear me now, then I probably can't expect a tweet. Doggone it. <laughs> but I hope I do. Uh, really appreciate everyone's inclusion all the time. I'm enjoying this. I'm glad I'm able to still bring the show to you. I just wish this season would have continued in the direction it was going. I mean, it was so fun. I mean, how good did this team look the first five weeks? They looked so good. Now we're starting to look like last year's Cincinnati Bengals. 5-0, and and then they ended up being what they were. Um, you know, they made the playoffs, which is okay, I guess. But 11-5 and after 5-0, and that's weak. That's weak, and now it's going to take a lot of effort to get to five and eleven and five. Because, guess what? See, this is officially the midpoint of the season. Five and three. We're at we're at the halftime, so to speak. We'd have to have a six and two record, which is better than five and three, to just to get to eleven and five. What the hell happened here? Lord have mercy. So I hate to leave you with that, but let's uh, let's just let's just at least get to six and two and get to eleven and five. Now, twelve and four would be freaking awesome. Um, Start with forcing turnovers against the Washington Redskins and and capitalizing on the turnovers. This time, capitalize on them. Score, finish, get the first down when you need it. Please, 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 please. Hopefully, Jake Long continues to develop. And finally, hopefully, get a new kicker in here immediately. Take care, everybody. We'll be back next week when we'll have a president-elect or... Unless, of course, the whole country blows up along the way and nobody does get elected uh, officially before then. And we have a civil war starting already because we don't even have a a president-elect yet. 